Hello everyone, this is Dr. Inibege Adesonia of the Booming Small Business. Hope everyone is doing fantastic today. Um, today I'm going to speak about another interesting topic and it's, um, it's just um, going to help again um, small businesses to do well. Um, my topic today is how to navigate the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021, which I'll refer to it as the CAA. Now, what is the CAA? Uh, most of you saw that in December of 2020, the you know there was back and forth of um, you know signing new legislature to help um, further help small businesses and individuals or, or you know during this um, COVID-19 um, crisis and so the government eventually signed I believe in December 27th I believe they signed in December 27th the, um, the CAA um, that was last year so the CAA um, provides additional relief again for small businesses or for business in general and for individuals to really help um you know um you know help the um everyone you know as i said small businesses and individuals to succeed and to do well during this crisis and just to give some kind of relief you know that many people that have lost their jobs um so many people children are not in school uh, you know, so many things um, out, you know, under the CAA. Now, I'm just going to highlight a couple, some of them. Um, but I would really advise you to, you know, work with your CPA uh, or your tax practitioner to really make sure you um, enjoy all the benefits. Okay, so just going to highlight a couple. Um, the first one is about business meals. You know, everybody knows that business meals is usually 50%. Um, you know, you get a deduction of 50%, but the CAA now has, you know, changed that and allowed, um, a deduction of hundred percent of business meals in the year 2021 and 2022. So this is a sunset provision. What does a sunset provision mean? It's like, it's just for a period of time. And so, um, now you can, as I said, um, any business meal, any bis business, um, you know, meaning you have that you have to um, have meals and um, all those business meals are deductible to the tune of 100%, all right? And that is for um, the year 2021 and 2022, so entirely deductible. So take advantage of that. Then we have the work opportunity credit and new market credit. Now, the work opportunity credit and the new market credit, um, it's a are credits that are available up to 2025 yeah 2025 again these are sunset provisions because it has a time that it will expire so it's now um, available the work opportunity credit and the new market credit so the work opportunity credit is a federal tax credit available to employers for hiring individuals from certain target targeted groups okay who have consistently face significant employment barriers. Target, targeted groups include qualified um, 4A recipients, qualified veterans, ex-felons, designated community residents, vocational rehabilitation referral, summer youth employee, 
supplemental nutrition assistance program recipients, supplemental security income recipients, and long-term family assistance recipient and qualified long-term unemployment recipient. Now, what this means is that if you employ people in this targeted group, you know, anybody in this targeted group, you can actually get a work opportunity credit for doing that. So, um, again, um, you can, I mean, I don't want to go through the list again, um, but just know that there's, there's um, a targeted group because a lot of people don't hire from these groups. Um, they just don't hire. And so the government actually, this is just a way of encouraging um, um, businesses to hire um, these individuals. Okay. Um, the new market credit. Remember, I said the work opportunity tax credit and new market credit is up to, you know, extends up to 2025. The new market credit is for the is for qualified equity investment made in qualified community development entities, CDEs. Um, a qualified CDE is a domestic corporation or partnership that meets the following requirements. Number one, its primary mission is serving or providing investment capital for low-income communities or persons. Number two, it maintains accountability to residents of low-income communities through their rep representation on any entity's governing board or advisory board. And finally, it is a certified it is certified as a qualified CDE by the Community Development Financial Institutions Fund of the Department of Treasury. Qualified CDEs also include specialized small business investment companies and community development financial institutions. This can further be explained under Section 45DC2 um, um, of the um, Internal Revenue Code. So that's the new market credit. It also it encourages investment, right, in um, qualified community dev development entities. So these credits, as I said, the new market credit, and the work, the work opportunity credit, both of them are available through year 2025. All right. Another aspect of the CAA is a permanent deduction of Code Section 179D. What is Code Section 179D? The 179D commercial buildings energy efficiency tax deduction enables building owners, either if you're building it from scratch or buying it, to claim a tax deduction for installing qualified systems and buildings. So um, this just, again, goes to encourage the use of energy efficient products. So there's a permanent deduction of code section 179D. Um, before, of course, there was um, it was there was a time that it stopped, but now it's permanent. And so, again, just to encourage, um, um, you know, the use of these, these um, energy efficiency um, um, building, building, um, um, building products. So it actually gives you an additional deduction. All right. The medical dependent care flexible spending account. You know, before 
um, if you don't, if you have a um, 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 FSA, let's say in 2020 um, or let's say in 2019 um, before, if you don't use it, you lose it. That was the term. But because of what's going on right now with all the, the pandemic, the CAA actually included um, um, a provision which allows you to um, carry forward um, um, excess funds from your FSA. So let's say if it's in 2020, um, you did not use everything, you can carry it over to 2021, you know, and then also from 2021 to 2022. Again, another sunset provision is not forever. It's just for a specific period of time. All right. Then we have the payroll protection program. Now I'm, I'm the second PPP loan draw. Um, I know um, most people are just going through the process of approval um, of the of the um, second payroll protection program. Now it's similar to the first in some instances because you can the the loan is based on two point five um, months of payroll under this, which is the same rule of CARES, the CARES Act. But and then of course the maximum of two million dollars. But there's a change that exists in businesses with NAIC code, 70, um, code 72. This is accommodation and food service businesses. And um, in that case, the loan is up to 3.5 months of payroll. So that's what was the addition when it comes to, you know, what is what, um, the amount. So if you're in, let's say, accommodation like hotel, you provide, you know, restaurants, things like that. Um, I believe that, you know, um, the... Um, the, I mean, we've seen that those areas are really hit the most. Um, so in that case, it's been expanded to increase um, the, the loan by 3.5 um, months as opposed to 2.5, which is um, for other businesses. All right. So the other requirements under the second draw is that the taxpayer business must have under 300 employees. This is a bit unique because remember the SBA um, defines small businesses as five people or a business that has 500 employees or less. But that's not the case here with the second draw. It has to be under 300 employees. All right. And then also you have to use it for qualifying expenses. But now it has actually expanded the platform for qualified expenses, you know, payroll, rent, utilities, among others. Of course, this actually has expanded as, you know, compared to the um, um, first payroll um, draw um, PPP loan. And now, unlike the first PPP loan, the taxpayer must confirm on a pen penalty of of pre pre perjury that they need the PPP loan to support businesses ongoing operations. So this wasn't there in the first draw, um, but this, this one, the second draw requires, um, you know, the confirmation. Then um, the taxpayer must have a 25% decrease in gross receipts in the first three quarters of 2020 compared to the same quarter in 2019. So what it means is that, okay, let's say now in Q1, you had um, Q1 of 2019, um, you had a certain amount of money, um, like revenue. Then in two, Q, Q2, sorry, Q1 of 2020, the comp when you compare the two, there must be a 20, at least a 25% deduction for you to get the PPP loan, all right? So you're looking, if you're looking at Q2 of 2019, we look at Q2 of 2020, 
right? So when you're comparing the two, there must be at least a 25 decrease in gross receipts in the first three quarters. Of course, I mean, you can also look at the last quarter um, you, to look at, you know, using the fourth quarter test too. But um, even if, um, let's say, the business was not there, was not the company was not in business in the year 2019, assuming this 2020 was your first year of business, you have to ensure that your business was existing by February 15th the, of, of 2020. All right. So you might say that, oh, yeah, I wasn't existing in 2019. That's fine. That There's a way we can actually look at it. But to be able to even benefit from this 2020, um, from the looking at the year 2020, you have to be in existence as a February 15th year 2020 okay you can't start after that you start if you maybe start your business in March you you will not be able to benefit from this um from this loan okay you can't apply for the loan you won't qualify and the loan must be spent on qualifying uses in a covered period the period begins um with the date of loan funding and ends anytime in 8 to 24 weeks all right so these are the um, these are the the pointers or the conditions to apply for the second PPP loan because some people might have said, "Oh, I ca I didn't apply for the first PPP PPP loan, um, and um, oh, can I can I qualify the, for the second? Yes, you can or you do qualify, but depends on if you meet certain criteria. I've listed. Um, you know, some of them out. So, I mean, I know sometimes it looks, oh, this is a lot for me to, um, um, you know, comprehend. But again, remember when I started this podcast um, or the this podcast, I just said um, from the beginning, the introduction, when I started um, last year, I said this is just to educate, you know, um, business owners to benefit from the, from anything out there that will and make sure that that businesses succeed, that that business, you have a booming business. Remember, this is not to make you an accountant, to make you a tax practitioner, but it also is, it gives you like, um, you know, knowledge base to be able to face your, maybe your accountant, CPS. Oh, I've heard of this. How can I apply this? How can this work for me? All right. Now, um, taxation. We're talking, we're going to talk about the taxation of those PPP loan forgiveness. Now, yes, as you mean, oh yes, you 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 received the first PPP loan and um, and you're wondering, okay, are there some changes? And you're you know looking at you know especially as you're preparing your tax return for the year 2020. You know what does the what is the big issue? What's the changes? You know before the only thing that was stated, you know, was that if you receive any money from the PPP loan, um, that that money would not be regarded as income for tax purposes. It means that it won't be taxed. But then there were there were questions about okay, what about the deductions? Remember, we took usually the PP, PPP loan was taken for. Remember, it was taken to be able to pay your salary or pay salaries of your staff and also to pay for um, um, expenses, you know, some approved expenses that qualified under the PPP loan. So the question was okay. So in this case, how do I apply that before? Those expenses were not to be deducted. They were not allowed to be deducted. Um, but the CAA has changed that. CAA says that, you know what, you can deduct those expenses. You can deduct the expenses. You can, you will not, you know, um, you know, you won't be taxed at that, that amount as income, but you can deduct the expenses 
right so right now and um is allowed the caa has actually overruled the irs with the notices that they said you cannot deduct those expenses now you can and um you know the rule is added to ensure you know that there's no attribution again there's no attribution adjustment to for you know those that have subchapter s corporations and partnerships right because you know you don't have to adjust um based on these um you know rules that you know your basis especially on your basis um so these provisions apply concerning ppp loans and also any new ppp loan right pre-existing ppp loans that, that means it includes the first it applies to the first ppp loan the second PP loan, which is the one, the second draw. And of course, going forward, I know Congress is working on a couple of things and I'm, 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 I'm very sure that it's going to, um, you know, something will pass. We don't know how much it will be, but, um, it's likely that they will send us another PPP loan, um, um, or something to help small businesses. So it says that this, um, this ruling under the CAA provisions allows you to actually draw, um, you know, that anything, any income, any amount received under the PPP loan um, is not income. All the expenses deducted under the PPP loan is are deductible expenses and which will not also affect partnership basis or um, S-Corp, um, you know, basis. It will not affect the, those basis. All right. The S-Corp um, attributable um, ad, um, attribution adjustments. All right. Um, now, the other form of um you know the other covid-19 reliefs that were re received example the EIDL um the same thing applies the any amount received under the EIDL is not if it's a grant is not is not taxable um it's not taxable income and um if it's and is of course if it's um used to for expenses business expenses is actually deductible right so please don't confuse this this is not the um the loan there's a loan that came differently that is very very different in that case um you would um of course totally different um in that case you would have to i mean pay the loan this is different we're talking about the grant under the eidl all right so please it's very important to note that um that this might differ under states, the state government. Remember, um, the, the what I talked about, the second draw and the first draw, I talked about the first and second draw, and I also talked about um, the um, the other um, um, benefits under the COVID-19. Maybe I'm talking about funds received. All these things I'm explaining to you is based on federal law. Now, if you live in a state that is taxed, there's, there's tax state law, state taxes, that might be different. It's very important for you to really look into that and see, um, you know, what is the issue with the state state laws. All right. Then um, the employment retention credit. Um, the CARES Act, I believe I spoke about this um, before in one of my podcasts about um, the employment retention credit. Um, there was some changes in the CAA. Um, the, it, it extends, the CA extends the credit coverage wages from January 1st, 2021 through June 30th, 2021. It was not like that. It was before it was up to December 31st, 2020, right? And now it also increased, um, the 
credit from 50% to 70% of qualified wages. The, the cap of $10,000 in qualified wages per employee is increased to $10,000 of qualified wages per employee per quarter, right? And then there's a lower hurdle for the quarter year over year reduction in gross receipts test is now 20 is now um, from more than 50% is now more than 20%. So it came down. Okay. So um, the employee retention credit is huge, um, a huge benefit to, um, to employers, small businesses, because it just, as the name says, as it's, it's, it's called the credit is called employee retention credit for retaining employees even during this hard time um it's just like a reward it's just like a thank you somehow it's you know the credit is just like oh yeah you you were able to retain your staff you're able to retain employees okay take a credit for this because you did not lay off your staff right so it's a, a huge benefit and i will really encourage you if you to really look into that and then the Fair of collection of withholding tax for remember for the for, for FICA for employee FICA taxes. Um, now remember um, in last year um, there was a there was um, an executive order that was put in place that um, FICA tax for September first um, through December thirty first twenty twenty period um, um, for those that earn four thousand dollars bi-weekly, um, less than $4,000 bi-weekly um, would be, would you know, you could pay it between January and, and April 2021. Well, um, that extension has, is now December 31st, 2021. So you can pay that amount that was, you know, up to December 31st, 2021. So that's also um, great for those that, you know, told their employers, to or maybe you're a small business and your employees said you know what i want to take advantage of this or you actually talk to your employees and they said yes i want to take advantage of this now they have one year to pay as opposed to four, to, um, four months all right so i mean again the caa there are various provisions out there and for and which benefits small businesses um i really want you to ensure you maximize and really, you know, benefit from anything that pertains to your small business. I know this is a lot, and I always tell people, again, please work with your CPA, your tax practitioner, to help you navigate these um, provisions and, um, you know, apply it where you can to your business because, I mean, it's saving taxes, saving money here. I mean, it's really huge. So make sure you really work towards this and, you know, benefit from, you know, everything that um, is out there. Um, I know this is a trying time for a lot of businesses and um, is um, really difficult. Um, but, you know, that, as I said, make sure that you work with your accountant and your CPA, your, your CPA, your tax practitioner to make sure you benefit from this completely. All right. So, um, of course, if you need um, our help or you need to work with my practice and my firm, you reach out and um, reach out to to my to my practice and um you know and um you know let reach out and see what we can you know we can do for you if you really don't have anybody that you're working with um you can reach us um i i mean info the um in email info at global info at um the booming small business um at info at the booming small business 
www.ibrahimsalam.com or you can actually just reach out to my CPA firm, you know, info at iacpafirm.com. Any of those emails are good. And, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to helping you out or speaking to you next time. All right. So please, um, I know it's, um, it's cold and just stay safe. Um, you know, I'm in Texas here and the weather, the roads are very, <laughs> the weather is so bad right now because we can't really move around, but I'm hope hopefully, um, everything will be back to normal by the weekend. So if you're in Texas or where, I mean, wherever you are, the weather, please. And the weather is just somewhere you can't really move or you can't really move um, in the environment. Please make sure you stay safe and stay warm. All right. See you next time. Okay. Take care. Bye for now.